Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back. Dr. William Smith. Hey, you, you had to sing that one because you're a vocalist. You know what? I do that and I don't even think about it. It's really weird. And it's not it's until like somebody points it out or if I've recorded myself, I'm like, did I just sing? Did I just sing that? Did yeah, just, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's also from having children. Well, uh, <laughs> I think when yeah. you have kids, you're so used to like, do your work, please. I mean, you know, you do yeah, all right? these things to kind of get their attention. and Get so. there and get them engaged. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> anyway, so what's well, perfect, up? What's happening? Perfect. Well, um, I will let you introduce our guests. But before we jump in that, I will give us a music tip today. Okay. And it was uh, actually the idea came because I was doing some um, searching online for stuff. And I came across an article that uh, was in, it was interesting. It was talking about how to network online. How to network and online? Yes, oh, yes. And I thought that that was kind of uh, uh, pertinent and interesting. But, you know, we always talk about uh, show up at places and you got to do physical um, meetings and, and see people. And that's that is like the main way to really build your network. But I think for today's generation, um, a lot of networking is done online. And actually, there are some people in my network that I've met online. So I thought it might be a, a good good thing just to give people that um, that sort of different perspective. And there was one article. Uh, it's called, well, Success Magazine. And it says start. They have like a five uh, list of five things to do. And they mm-hmm. say start local, find someone who's local because it may seem counterintuitive. But when someone sees that you're from their area, they're more likely to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um, find a personal connection or a share point of reference. Uh, you know, what what do you all like to do? Why mm-hmm. this person sort of find your why? Uh, what specifically are you asking for? And then ask for a meeting. So they do mm-hmm. s- sort of stress that there's like a physical component to uh, meeting people. Uh, mm-hmm. Try to make that make a meeting with somebody. But right. I thought that, you know, it's something good to think about. And I'll give give the we'll give the links for some some good articles in the show notes. Yeah, I think we need to do a whole like almost podcast on online networking and the etiquette involved in that. The, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I, I would say, I mean, I just have a huge percentage of relationships that were built online and, you know, um, and networking ultimately is a, you know, is building that relationship, but there is an etiquette behind that. And I think one of the things that's starting to happen because it is so easy to just shoot people, you know, DMS and direct messages and instant right, messages right. and all that people start losing, um, <laughs> the, 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 the proper way to, you know, you don't know this person. Remember that. You yeah, still don't exactly. Know yeah, you just can't just jump out and say, what's up? Well, that's kind of what happens <laughs> a lot of times. So I, I think particularly in the music industry, when people are trying to connect with, you know, other artists that they respect or admire, or they want to have, you know, their opinion or feedback. And, you know, there is a, you got to be really, um, careful how you do that because that can come across in a lot of um, 
interesting ways. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. And I th- I do think <laughs> that mm-hmm. it deserves so, and further And interesting, discussion. not always good. Right. <laughs> Right. So, well, it's funny you did, you did this as a tip because this guest that we have today, this is how I met her is through (laughs) online kind of networking. I'm going to tell a little backstory and then bring her, bring her in. Um, As everybody knows, when we have guests, I don't read a whole bio. I usually try to make it a little bit more anecdotal and let people kind of know, you know, how you and I, either you will or I kind of know these, you know, artists and and professionals. Mm -hmm. But um, I, on Facebook, there is a, uh, there's a gentleman named Tony Menviel, who is a DJ and a music connoisseur, like of, of the highest um, based in the UK. And he has a, um, a radio program that is featured on now on Jazz FM, but I think at the time he wasn't on Jazz FM. And it's called Folded Space. And um, he presents like the most amazing jazz and soul artists, extremely progressive and contemporary. And so he, um, I had the honor of meeting him through one of my producers um, named Kari Cabral Simmons. And so Tony tries to kind of keep me in the loop when he finds artists that he thinks you know, I'll jive with. So he had tagged me about this artist named Melissa McMillan. And I'm like, okay, if Tony is recommended, let me, (laughs) let me go ahead and take, you know, check it out. And I was, I just, I instantly, like instantly was like, okay, who is she? I'm loving this. And so um, whenever I love an artist and love what I hear, this is just, it's, I don't know where I get this from, but I just kind of go in this stalker, you know, crazy where I'm like, okay, I got to find out and not stalker. Like I want to go, you know, to your house. No, it's just, I want to know your music. I want to understand like, okay, where can I find your music and, you know, and, and make sure I'm listening to it and supporting and sharing it. And so that's what happened. I'm going to let her kind of tell her story. Cause I honestly, this is our first time <laughs> having an actual conversation where we hear each other's voices. Um, and so I'm really excited. Um, she's a, a younger artist emerging. And uh, those of you who have never heard her, I really, really, we're going to be sure to have in our show notes links to her music and her social media, because this woman, I, I really think that, you know, we need to, I don't know. I, I'm not going to brag too much, but I can tell when I hear some good stuff. And I just I feel the vibe here. And I think there's a lot more we're going to hear from her. Um, so hello, Melissa. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Hey, Melissa. Good, 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 good. I'm so excited that we were able to coordinate this and have you on because I think it's important. A lot of our audience is um, independent artists who are trying to figure all of this out and mm-hmm. figure out how to um, be successful, not just economically, even though we're called making money in the music business, but creatively and, you know, and their craft and all of that. So what I'm seeing from afar is some some real good stuff from you. But <laughs> we want to hear <laughs> we want to hear more of your story. And, um, you know, Melissa is a singer and what I understand is a songwriter, but I w- would love for you to. Um, talk more about how you see yourself as an artist and kind of what brought you to music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't even say, I can't pinpoint exactly what 
would have brought me to music. I just remember from a very young age, I was always singing and always performing and, and, uh, you know, always listening to the radio. That's kind of what I say was my like early music education was just (laughs) listening to the radio and singing along in the car, you know? Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I actually started like formally training in music. Um, Mm. yeah, which was like, it, it, it really, um, it was hard for me. You know, I was always just like a, a musician who picked things up by ear and uh, mm-hmm. kind of self-taught sort of thing. And so I got to college and, you know, had all this theory thrown at me and, you know, was learning piano as an adult. And it was very difficult. Um, mm. <laughs> and I kind of I jumped into this jazz program at the University of North Texas and, and just, you know, yeah, like had a really a really hard time, uh, you know, kind of catching up to where all my peers were. Um mm. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, in the end, obviously it was all, all worth it. And, um, I came out being not only, a not only a singer, but also a musician and a songwriter and, you know, someone who can play piano and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was all really like a life-changing experience for me. And that's really what set me on the path of being, you know, an actual songwriter and musician and, and got me where I am today, essentially. Wow. Awesome. Wow. So you, awesome. that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Because most people are like, well, when I was two, I picked up the piano and played, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that wasn't quite my path. I, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. And that program over at North Texas, I, I know about the program uh, as a, you know, established jazz program. And uh, was it competitive down there? Was that sort of the case? And did, did it really help? Uh, grow grow your craft that's that's probably one one question I would have about that yeah absolutely I'm absolutely as far as growing my um my craft as far as competition I think that's that's sort of um it it is competitive in a sense that there's a lot of students there and everyone is really um kind of fighting to establish themselves you know as as a as a player, as a musician, as someone to call for gigs. Um, but I would, it wasn't competitive in like a toxic sense. I wouldn't say, I think mainly we're all just competing against ourselves to, 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 to be like the best musicians that we could be, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I I actually was in a program. I I went to to high school in New York. So I went to the the fame school in New York. So, uh, yeah, and it was LaGuardia. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, um, it, it, I, I feel you on that. We were all trying to basically compete to be better of who we are, but the the level of competitiveness was that, yeah, you, if you weren't good enough, you weren't in the A band. (laughs) So you were in the B band and, uh, and I wasn't good enough. I was in the B band. So, uh, (laughs) but you know, and, but that made me hungry, you know, to actually get better. So yeah. that's that's sort of where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, okay, because it sounds like college is where you know, it all kind of hit you and came, but when you were then in high school, did you were you in choirs and involved in things and it was like, okay, yes, this is what I or were you completely like, you know, I've never really done this and I'm just going to go start and study this once I get to college? Um, yeah, in high school, I definitely was doing performing. Like I was in choir, I was doing musical theater. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in like a, a garage band, you know, like a little high school band. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it was, when I got to high school and I joined choir, I, that's kind of when I realized like, 
oh, I, I do have a talent for singing, you know, like, mm-hmm. and before that I had really only been singing for like my friends and my family and myself. So mm-hmm. when I got to high school and saw like this really positive reaction, like from my peers and from my teachers, that's when I was like, oh, I guess I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, 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 um, right. So yeah, then over like the next four years, I kind of honed in on just be- getting more comfortable performing in front of people and, Um, And then actually getting to UNT was kind of funny and coincidental because the high school band that I was in, like the little garage band, a lot of my bandmates ended up going to UNT. And I was Mm -hmm. kind of in this place where I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was kind of, it was kind of a toss up between music and musical theater. So I go Mm -hmm. up to Denton, I kind of follow them there essentially. And, uh, UNT had just gotten rid of their musical theater program that year. So, <laughs> wow. so then it was, wow. yeah, that kind of made up my mind for me. I was like, well, I guess I'm doing music. Um, and <laughs> that was that. Yeah. That young 18 year old mind just like, well, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I guess I'll just do this, you know, yeah. such a big yeah. decision to make as an 18 year old. But right. that's, that's how we do it, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. So who were some of your influences uh, musically, the people that you really, really checked out and like connected with? Um, well, I mean, it's a pretty drastic difference from when I was a kid, like my big formative years. And then when I get to college, like, as I was saying before, I listened to a lot of radio, pop music, R&B, um, right. like just all like the big divas, you know, like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, um, uh, those were big early influences for me. And then when I got to college, like everything just completely flipped. Right. Cause I was like listening Study. to, yeah. yeah, I was studying and I was listening to more jazz. So I got super into, um, Billy, I remember Billy holiday, like buying a Billy holiday CD from like a Ross dress for less, literally for like $4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember they sold CDs? Yeah. So, yeah. Just like these random compilations. I remember buying that and falling in love with, with her whole approach and her sound. Um, and, uh, some of my favorites in college were kind of these singers that are more like, uh, emotional storytellers. Like I love the technical singers and I love, um, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, but like people that really spoke to me, um, Shirley Horn, Dinah Washington, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of some others, Nina Simone, just uh, these singers that really, really like took you on a journey and like told you a story and kind of transported you into their emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that your music does that when I mean, you just said transport you through the emotions and what's kind of what I really have enjoyed about listening to your music is, and this is always really cool. I think when, you know, um, you hear the the music and the musicality of a song sounds really great and you connect to the the rhythm and the, you know, the melody and stuff. But then with you, mm-hmm. you're actually telling some very interesting stories, too. Oh, and so, um, yeah, and that's always really wonderful when a singer, you know, there's actually a story like there's a there's a journey kind of that we can go through. So there's even more to um peel back i guess and i i mean that's how i listen to music i want to keep peeling and peeling and peeling and kind of you know figuring it out now i know everybody doesn't listen to music like that but (laughs) (laughs) but that's i i I can definitely those influences make sense make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. yeah right so did you get some uh performing uh well i'm sure you got some performance opportunities at the college but 
Um, were, were there any like in the city or in the town, any type of live performance experiences to, uh, to give you some type of, um, jumping off point to go, to go elsewhere? Um, in Texas? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so there were a lot of little bars around campus where people would, um, would perform. I remember in particular, there was a, there's a restaurant called the greenhouse in, in Denton where like every Monday and Thursday they had jazz nights. So that was kind of like everyone from the jazz program would like be at this bar, um, mm-hmm. on Mondays and Thursdays, you would go see your, you were either performing or there to see your friends, you know? Um, so that was a big performance opportunity. Um, and yeah, a lot of things at school, you know, I performed with several different ensembles, got to sing with some big bands, which was really cool. Um, and, uh, and I did a lot of, just a lot of random gigging throughout college, you know, to pay, to pay the bills. So like I was singing in restaurants, right, right. I was doing weddings, um, singing at mm-hmm. bars or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, college was, was a really good time to kind of hone my, my live performing skills. Um, yeah. Just because there, yeah, there were a ton of opportunities, yeah. And that's awesome. I'm, I asked that it was a leading question because I want <laughs> some of my students to understand that when you're in the university setting, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of of so many things that are going on mm-hmm. and opportunities to perform and and hone your craft, yeah, in a in a performance setting and really right. you know f- get get that that experience of being in the fire of people looking at you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanting you to actually come up with something good. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, so when you're, you're, you're doing it with people that's not going to really judge you as tough as, uh, as when you go to a larger setting, like now you're in New York city yeah, and it's not as forgiving. So I guess that's <laughs> the next question when you got, what made you have the decision to go to New York? And then what was that experience? Like your first gig in New York? Yeah. Um, well, I think I always kind of felt in the back of my head that I wanted to end up in New York, um, even before I had ever been here to visit at all. I just kind of like had this this feeling and like something kind of pulling me towards it. I, and obviously, there's so many opportunities here. It's a huge city. There's so many talented people. Um, and I kind of just felt like I wanted that fire kind of like lit underneath right. me. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a big influencer for me. And also just that I knew so many people from college that had moved up here. And I kind of just knew that it was going to be like a, a, a fairly soft landing for me to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I ha- already had quite a large network of people that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I remember moving here and like immediately I had some friends that had like started this wedding band and were like, you know, singing, uh, or performing at weddings. And I joined them like right away. Um, and then it wasn't until maybe like a year or more after I had moved here that I finally had booked like my own gig to do my own music. Um, and I remember it was at this little bar in Long Island city, like this tiny neighborhood in Queens and like, Hmm. you know, it's a, a small, small venue and I was so nervous, but like, uh, it was great. I had never done, that was the first time I had done something like as a band leader, like fully my own music Mm. so you know Mm -hmm. i remember like being being nervous as far as like it being that that milestone but um it was a great opportunity and and you know i'm just i'm glad i'm glad that i that i did it you know that i that i took the leap and got into it 
Yeah. 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 I, go ahead, Ken. No, I was just going to say, I want to kind of create a little bit of a timeline so I can kind of understand. Because a lot of, you know, I think artists listening are always like, well, how long is it going to take before I get to, you know, do this right. or that? Or, um, <laughs> so how long have you been actually in New York? So I've been in New York for six years now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so post, and did you go directly after college or did you take some time first before you... I took about a year or so to kind of just save up a little bit, have like a nice cushion. Um, right. And I worked like two two jobs in Texas and, and was also gigging to kind of prepare mm-hmm. myself financially to move up here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so finished college um, in 2011 and then kind of took like mm-hmm. a year um, in Texas and then moved to New York in 2012. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then it took about a year or so before you really kind of did your own. Exactly. Thing, yeah. Own I, I was, okay. I, I pretty much like started from scratch with like writing music once I moved to New York, because I feel like my whole, my whole, uh, I guess vibe kind of changed when I moved up here. Like I, mm. I just, uh, I knew that I wanted to be like writing, writing a specific kind of music. And I, I knew that I wanted to be doing kind of like a jazz R and B hybrid. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say it took me like at least a year to even get all the material together and kind of develop that sound. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and were you, in, in terms of supporting yourself, once you got to New York, you had built the nest egg, but were you having to still kind of work or cause you're a full-time musician, correct? You're, you're doing this. Yes, full-time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So now I'm full-time when I first moved to New York, I did have a day job. I, I just, okay. um, you know, while I still was making connections and still, um, building contacts, I was like, I'm definitely going to need to, to supplement my income. So I was working in retail mm-hmm. for a few years when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I want people to hear that because yeah. I think sometimes people think I'm going to move to New York and just be a star. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, no, you're not. Nope. <laughs> like, you gotta... <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You had a question. Oh, no, no. I was, I was letting you finish the line of question. And that was good. Um, I, I guess what I was, was thinking about when you were talking about uh, moving up to New York and having the first gig, because um, when I went to New York, uh, Oh, I actually went to high school in New York, but when I, I had gone to college and then uh, after coming back, I was doing gigs. Uh, actually, I, I wasn't even doing gigs. I was just sitting in. And I think mm-hmm. that was the the thing that really helps um, you get in, get your contacts, get sort of get known and get people, get build your network. It's just like sitting in with musicians. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I did the same thing in D.C. That's how I built my network in D.C., so um, having people hear you and without actually having the pressure of get booking your own gig. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Did, did you do a lot of sitting in on gigs? Um, actually, I kind of I didn't I didn't really. I um, like I said, just because I had like such a, a big network of like people from college, I think. Right. Um, I never really needed to like get heavily into like the, the jam session scene. Um, and also uh, a good friend of mine, his name is, um, Sylvester. He, he, his stage name is Sly Fifth Ave. Um, and he Mm -hmm. started this jam session called the jelly in Brooklyn. So we've kind of just been like building that up for the past, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like five or so years. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of, since I was in the house band of this jam session, kind of had the opportunity, I guess, to experience that like from the other side. Like I was meeting a lot of musicians who were coming to this awesome. session to sit in. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's essentially the same thing, just flipped, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's been a really, really great way and it introduced me to so many, so many people and created like such a big network around just around that jam session. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's sort of the, the idea that I was trying to see, see if the, what, what opportunities or situations did you presented themselves for you? And that that's perfect. Yeah. That's um, so the business side of what you're doing now as an indie artist, mm-hmm. um, how are you running your business? Uh, what, what's that like? And then what, um, what would you say are the the best practices that you have for your business? Um, I mean, as far as a businesswoman, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not, that's not necessarily my forte. I'll put it that way. Um, I think it's been a lot of trial and error for me. And it's been a lot of just kind of like, um, kind of taking opportunities as they, as they arise. And, um, but also like, trying to keep a level head about, about it, you know, like I would love to just go into the studio and like release new albums every year. It's just, you know, financially and logistically that's, that's difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's, for me, there's been like, um, like moments of like pushing out a lot of content and like, you know, feeling content with that. But then I have these like sort of long, um, phases where, I'm doing a lot of writing or brainstorming. Erica Badu calls them downloading phases. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and that's where I kind of feel like I am now as far as business stuff. Um, you know, I do everything what is 100% like independent. I don't have a manager. I don't really like work with a set, you know, a producer or anything like that. I, I just, mm-hmm. or, and I do all the songwriting myself, like everything really is mm-hmm. like 100% in-house. So, you know, the, the financial responsibility and, and yeah, all the business logistics are all on me. So that's, mm-hmm. um, it is kind of, it it's, makes the process a little bit slower, <laughs> Right, right. But, yeah, um, yeah. But it still is nice to have like that 100% like creative control of what you're doing. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, eventually I will obviously set off and, and find managers and agents and all that stuff. I just feel like for now where I am in my career, it makes more sense for me to, to do everything myself um, mm. while I'm still kind of building um, and, you know, kind of creating the career that I want for myself and the brand that I want for myself, you know? Gotcha. Very good. Very good. And I, I think that's, you know, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, we talk a lot about building a team and, you know, it takes time to build a team. You know, it's mm-hmm. not something that you can just, well, let me just go get this person, this person, this person and put them in, you know, it's, it's, a lot of it has to be very organic and, you know, there's just so many factors. So, and then, you know, being honest, then that means it's going to take a longer amount of time because I am a team of one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's not going to, well, I, and I kind of, I'm glad we shifted gears a little bit to go in the business because, um, 
you know, you are probably then, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask you your age on, um, so that the whole world hears you, but when you do the math, (laughs) clearly you're, you know, in young adulthood and, you know, I'm curious to know when I'm, you know, I'm not in young adulthood. I mean, what are we in, Will? <laughs> we're, in... <laughs> we're not old. We're not old. No, no we're... we've just been around the block a little, little just, number of times. Uh, yeah, that's it. But anyway, um, I still feel like though 18 in my brain. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, you know, I do soul music and jazz and so forth. But I do think that there's another there's another thing happening in soul and jazz music. There's another movement. And I, when I see your post on Instagram and I see your connections, you know, with the different artists you work with, um, and I see your collabs like with Shayna, my goodness, Shayna still, that baby be mine. You guys did that about threw me into a tizzy. I I mean, it was so fantastic. And, you know, I mean, Shayna is a beast and we need Mm -hmm. to get her on this show too. But, um, Yeah, but what I saw and what I heard in that is very, I mean, Baby Me Mine is how old now by Michael Jack? I mean, that came out in what, 83, 84, 82? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so, um, but the the layer that you push that yeah. song into, the you know, and I just see that happening a lot on the music that I'm watching you participate in. Mm-hmm. So what, and so with that, that makes my heart really full and happy. But at the same time, I'm like, are the masses going to be able to hear this? You know what I mean? Like, are you know, because a lot of people don't know that need to hear you, you know, need to hear mm-hmm. that. There's a there's I think within your circle and on, you know, on IG and in the social media world. But there are a lot of people of Will and I's generation that would, you know, so embrace that. So I guess I'm asking, what is your what's your opinion right now of the music industry? Like, and I don't know if you've been in it long enough to be, I mean, it sounds like you were listening to radio. So you're very aware of Mm -hmm. every, it wasn't like you just landed and started, you know, singing, but are you, are you saying, yep, we're on the upswing or it's like, ah, this industry sucks. I mean, we get a variety (laughs) of things that people say, Yeah, (laughs) but what's your, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I would say my, my thoughts are kind of somewhere in the middle. I think like, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times, you know, mm-hmm. as far as you know, there's everything is so accessible to us now, you know, it, the mm-hmm. internet and technology has made it so, so easy for all of us to create music and to create um, content and to kind of take that stuff into our own hands. So I would say mm-hmm. for like, for independent artists, it's, it's the best of times, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're living in such a global world. It's so easy to be able to, like, you know, for your music to blow up in Sweden or something, you know. Right. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. that that couldn't have happened, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. Um, Right. Or it would have been much more difficult. Um, And then also, you know, as we kind of catch up with technology as the music industry, you know, with all the new streaming platforms, like... It is difficult to know, like, what is the future um, Mm -hmm. as far as us making money and how's that going to work out? And does the music Mm -hmm. industry kind of like belong to the technological industry at this point? It's just Mm -hmm. like it's kind of hard to to navigate that and to figure out, like, 
um, how are we all going to survive? And the, that's right. like the, the multiple layers of the musical industry, like down to, to songwriters and, and producers and people that work for the, um, the record companies, the A&R guys, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's kind of, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a confusing time. We're all feeling kind of the growing pains of where technology has forced the music industry to like reckon with itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So best of times, worst of times. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think you said that really well. I totally agree. We're being forced and it's really making it difficult to plan. You know what I mean? Or to, um, Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I could do this, but I'm not going to make no money doing this. You know, then if I don't make money, then I can't eat, you know? (laughs) So it's not even that I'm trying to be rich. Like, I just want to be able to pay my rent. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That, um, I'm sort of thinking, I guess, in terms of past, present and future and then the uh, the I guess the um, immediate um, present. I, I wanted to see what was your favorite um, moment, musical moment that you've had as of as of late, your most recent favorite musical moment mm. on stage performing or in studio or whatever. Yeah, um, I would say. As far as like personal creative things, when I've gone um, on tour with my own band, um, Mm -hmm. those have always been my favorite musical moments. Um, Just because, you know, as you progress through a tour and like the band and you start to like connect more and you can kind of like feel the music, like just every night getting more in lock and, and more comfortable on stage. Like to me, that's always like such a satisfying feeling. Um, Mm -hmm to think like, and usually when I go on tour, it's only like a couple weeks, you know? Um, but just to like, to feel everything, um, just getting more like locked in and to, to literally like see the progress that you've made kind of happening in real time. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of times in music, like it can kind of take months or even years to like see progress. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you're on tour, like you feel it happening in real time and that's like a really exciting and like fulfilling thing. Um, yeah. And I was like, prof- professionally speaking, like outside of my own stuff, um, I had the opportunity to perform with Kesha at this year's Grammys. Like, I guess that was in awesome. January or February. Ah, nice. Yeah. And that was a really powerful moment. Um, yeah. Just because obviously like the, the stage that we were on was incredible. It was at Madison square garden and to be performing mm-hmm. in front of like the entire industry but also because it was like it was a really um like powerful um like solidarity moment for for kesha and for uh, you know similar um survivors so it it was just it ended up being like the only moment of the grammys that even acknowledged anything really very like political or social you know so it that was really powerful for me Wow. Yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I have to ask, yeah, how did you that. get a part to, you know, how did that happen? Just real quick. <laughs> um, well, I was just, I was very lucky to know um, Kesha's uh, musical director. His name's David Cook. And mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, he just called me up and said she, she wanted a choir of women. So they, uh, 
they ended up like kind of getting uh, some women from this choir called the Resistance Revival Chorus, which I am now a member of, um, mm. which is a collective of like 60 women, upward of 60 women who um, we perform protest music. And um, mm. uh, yeah, it's really great. Uh, so I'm a member of that now, but before I wasn't. And David called me to do this gig. Just They were just going to hire a few like professional singers to kind of round it out. And, uh, right. and that's how I ended up. Yeah. just getting hooked up with all that. That's, that's awesome. And, and David is Shana's husband, correct? Yes. I, that's, yes. 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 Right. Got it. I'm getting all the connections yes. now and Everyone's see, connected. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's no, but I, I love to hear that because again, I want people to, we, we talk about this all the time. Well, the relationships yep. and the opportunity and how that happens. It wasn't, you, you know, Googling, how do I get on the stage right. with Kesha? Kesha? You know, I mean, you just, yeah. you, you were able to, it was through I a relationship. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And I think people sit and just think, you know, come on world, come to me. And it's like, no, right. you gotta, right. you gotta meet people. You gotta build relationships. So they think mm -hmm. about you mm -hmm. and they reach out to you and, you know, right. Wow. That's great. Well, I, yeah. I just have like one more kind of question and I don't know, Will, if you have any more, but I have one more that I want to, especially given this, where you are in your career. Um, and I, you've brought up a lot of things that I'm like, I want to sit down and know, well, how did you come with this song? But we're not going to do that today. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. But I do want, what tips, what advice, because there's a lot of artists who are in the same position as you. Mm -hmm. You seem to be very, you know, obviously there's ups and downs, but I don't hear you. I, I don't get a sense that, you know, I quit. Like, it sounds like oh, you're no. going to keep, you know, <laughs> moving in this. Yeah. So what tips or advice would you give to other independent artists? Try and do this. Um, my advice would be just similar to what we were just talking about. You know, um, going out and meeting people is essentially going to be the most important thing. Um, just showing up is like half of the battle. You know, um, if people know that you're a person who shows up, you're consistent, you're on time, you do a good job, you're going to get work like period. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, just like doing the necessary, like social work, you know, like showing up to the hang, going, supporting other people's music, supporting other mm -hmm. people's gigs. Um, mm -hmm. like you do a great job of this, just like saying this, look, this person just released this great song, you know, yeah. um, and being, being someone who's supportive of your community and the people that are in it. Um, you know, you, you'll get the same love back that you give out, you know? So yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that's the number one thing. And then also just, um, this might sound corny, but just believing in yourself and believing in your vision, believing in your artistry, um, and knowing mm -hmm that that it's worth pursuing you know it's it's easy to get mm -hmm. um bogged down and like compare yourself to where other people are um but i would say just believe in your believe in your vision and and know that that your vision and your ideas and your artistry is worth pursuing right awesome awesome, yep. awesome. that was Thank you so much for for saying all of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yet again, yeah, it underscores you know that artist, um, artist supporting artists and being engaged and and involved and and believing. I, I was just telling a client that I coached the other day. I said this was our last kind of session for a bit, and I told her, I said, I I wish I could be Glinda the Good Wish Witch and <laughs> land in your lap and say believe in yourself, like sing that song <laughs> as yeah. we go. But you have to do that for yourself. Like you've got to create that, you yeah. know, in yourself, and not just keep waiting for other people 
to affirm you. So absolutely, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, I I think that that we should leave it on that note. I think folks should uh, to take that. That should be the take home. <laughs> yes, it's a huge yeah. take home. Yeah. Huge take home. And yeah. if you have any uh, uh, social media handles that you want to share with everybody, uh, let let them know. Oh yeah. Um, so I on Instagram. My handle is I am Melissa McMillan. Um, that's usually where I post the most content. I, I'm also on Twitter mm. at Melissa underscore M underscore music. Um, yeah. So those are kind of my most two active platforms. Platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And you have yeah. uh, any upcoming projects, gigs, anything, appearances? Yeah, um, I'm going to be at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City on November 15th with um, a friend of mine, a saxophone player named Allison Shearer, and nice. um, also December 15th at National Sawdust in Brooklyn. Nice. Awesome. Nice. So, yes, make sure you guys follow um, Melissa on IG. She's got some funny posts too. You, you kind of, you guys do these kind of <laughs> like improv moments of <laughs> period yeah. type of things. And it's really fun. And, <laughs> and, you know, again, her voice, if you haven't, I mean, we didn't even get to dig into that, but you have a tremendous voice, like a, a beautiful, beautiful voice, um, that, you know, is this kind of, I, I, I think you've definitely fit your own space. You know, you've got that vocal ID where it's not like, you know, you, it, you might think of other people when you hear you, but it's, it's once you hear one thing from you and you hear another, you can, you see the line. So I, oh, I really love it. And yeah. So everybody make sure you follow her. So, and I think you, you, you have a website. So the website is yes. so that people can listen to your music. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's, um, it's Melissa com. Yes. And that'll be in our show notes. So go and listen. And I'm, I promise every person that I've shared your stuff with, they're like, oh, I need to, I need to get that. So yeah, that's how you're going to react guys <laughs> when you hear it. So, all righty. Well, thank you. Thank and, you very much. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. And we will, we will be in touch for sure. We, we keep saying we're going to be doing part twos of... <laughs> people so don't be surprised if you hear like hey melissa oh <laughs> round two yeah mm-hmm. round two so all right well awesome. thank you so much thank you yeah. guys take care all right okay take care bye. bye thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode please leave us a comment on our page If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services, For your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.